return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Tonight she's going to be giving a word, so let's welcome her as she comes. Amen, all mic'd up there, hallelujah. Hello, hello. Hallelujah. What a day, huh? Oh, Glory to God. Well, my text, my message tonight is delight yourself in the Lord. You probably got it all figured out where it comes from. So we're going to go to Psalm 37. That um, We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to read the first 11 verses from the King James. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious, against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way Unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass, and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 7, rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Verse 10, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, you shall diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Father, we thank you for your amazing and powerful And spirit-breathed words of life, Lord, may they be engrafted into our souls. Lord, may they find place in our minds, replacing lies and replacing wrong beliefs. May your words find place, Lord, even in our emotions and in our personalities. And may they dictate our very wills and our desires. In Jesus' name. So one of my favorite ways to study the word is to compare other translations. So let's peek at the Passion Bible here. We're only going to look at the first five verses, but it's still pretty powerful. Verse 1 in the Passion Bible says, Don't follow after the wicked ones. Now, this word follow does not mean we're not supposed to just kind of trail after them. It's really talking about keeping your eye on, studying Just constantly having your eye on them, because guess what? Then you start getting jealous of their wealth. Here's an interesting word. Don't think for a moment they're better off than you. They and their short-lived success will soon shrivel up and quickly fade away like grass clippings in the hot sun. Keep trusting in the Lord. 
and do what's right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure. Key word there. (laughs) The world really would do anything for security, the kind of security that we have in Christ if they just knew, right? Feasting on his faithfulness. Verse 4, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. I'm going to say that again. Read it right out of the word. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. So theologians call this particular psalm a teaching psalm. There's a whole lot of information that God's trying to get to us. Maybe you saw the word fret not. How many times? It showed up three times just in 11 verses, right? Different ways that the world says it, huh? Don't get bent out of shape. Don't get your panties in a wad. What's another one? Don't fret. Don't get upset. Don't get bent out of shape. There you go. Don't get... Upset, yeah. Just chill out. Don't let it bother you. What, what is it we're not supposed to get bothered by? The wicked seem to be succeeding every time they turn around. Their triumphing is short, very short. And if they continue in their ways, which is one of the reasons we're supposed to be praying for our enemies' friends, because if they don't change their ways, their weeping and wailing will go on forever. Another message repeated over and over in this psalm is this matter of trust. As believers, we do not want to surrender to fate or quesara, or whatever will be, will be, or what's that new statement they're all coming up with? It is what it is. You've heard that? Instead, we want to surrender to the goodness of God, to the faithfulness of God, to the love of God. And... Uh, You know, what's the big deal about trusting anyway? It's because whoever we trust in becomes our master. And the psalmist is also, in a big way in this psalm, encouraging the righteous. And that's you and I, yes? Let me just clarify what it means to be righteous. It's not to just do a whole bunch of good deeds. It's not having lived this perfect life. The Bible says our best, our best is like filthy rags compared to the righteousness of Christ. And all we have to do is say yes to Christ. And here, all this perfect, blameless record of Jesus is transferred to ours. And I don't know about you, but my past record isn't so great. Except now it is. Yes? Now he's transferred all of his righteousness to me. And this psalm, I've listed about six different benefits of being the righteous. So we're just going to peek at a couple verses. We'll see if Essie can keep up over there. Okay, verse 9 says one of the benefits of being the righteous is that we inherit the earth. Glory to God, it's quite an inheritance. You guys got to smile at me a little bit. Are you aware of the inheritance we have out there in Christ? It's pretty big time, yes? All right, here's another one. Verse 11 says that the righteous shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's a big thing. Number three, verse 17 and verse 24, whichever one you want to take us to, Essie, 
Oh, she's going to give us both of them. Wow, glory to God. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Listen, can you, do you sense it? Do you sense the arms of the Lord underneath of you all the time? Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord. He personally holds us with his hand. It's an amazing thing. Here's another one in verse 19. It says that uh, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. And the psalmist says, I've been young, I'm, now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I mean, that, you can take that to bank, to the bank. You are never going to be forsaken. Never. Never. Here's another one. Or his seed begging bread. That means your kids will never be begging bread. Glory to God. A fifth one. Verse 39 and 40 tells us that the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. You've discovered that, yes? Verse 40, the Lord shall help them. I mean, we personally have a pretty big, strong helper on our side all the time. And he promises to deliver them. So here's this amazing list of all these benefits of being the righteous. Glorious reasons for keeping faith, right? But the most amazing truth, the most amazing truth that describes the righteous, the one who trusts God, who commits his way to the Lord, who rests in the Lord, is this matter of delighting in the Lord and getting our desires met. Hallelujah. It's a promise right here. Can you show us that scripture again? Psalm 37, 4. Will you read this with me? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I know that these and the vows are a little uncomfortable in our tongue, but the promise is still, if we will just delight in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. Let's look at another interesting translation. This is the NIRV. And it says it like this. Were you able to find it? Okay, it says this. Find your delight in the Lord. Then he will give you everything your heart really wants. Sometimes we don't really know what we want. Have you discovered that? Now, just say, just say that God knows what we really want. If it's true, let's go back to this uh, where we were, Psalm 37:4, where it says that if we were to delight ourselves in the Lord. Now, my first question: Is it possible? Is it possible to delight ourselves to find our true pleasure and joy? And satisfaction in God. All right, so the next question is, can we take this at face value that he will give us the desires of our heart? Well, we'll kind of keep that on the shelf for a little while, huh? Listen, our world is convinced that the answer to both of those is no. You can interview any worldly person, anybody who's not in Christ. Just put up the mic and say, hey, Tell me, what do you think? Do you think that this delight yourself in the Lord? I mean, is there going to be some pleasure, some delight, some joy in serving God? And every one of them will tell you, no. Uh Uh-uh. 
It's all about don'ts, mustn'ts, shouldn'ts. They've always got this long list of, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. I mean, maybe we used to be like that. Anybody before Christ? Yeah, convinced I'm missing out. Somehow I'm missing out. That's a big lie of the enemy, by the way. The saddest thing to me is that the name of Jesus and of our good, good Father is connected in all these people's minds with boredom and drudgery and a life of no pleasure at all. Now, I mean, i got to admit, I don't mind. I mean, they all say it's just what you got to give up, give up, give up. I don't mind having given up shame. I don't mind having to give up guilt. How about you? Uh-uh. I don't mind having to give up a little hopelessness. But this whole matter that there's no joy, lie, lie, lie. Why aren't they hearing about the delight, the beauty, the dance of joy that we get to live? If anything describes, I remember this one brother, every time I said, how are you doing? He'd say to me, I'm living the dream. I mean, really, if any phrase describes walking with God, isn't that it? Live in the dream. Praise God. You know, sometimes I just have to stop in the middle of the day and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You pulled me up out of the pit. You put me up on the rock. You filled my life with such joy. Such joy. Such extreme satisfaction. So let's take a minute and define delight, can we? Webster's says we're talking about extreme satisfaction, something that gives great pleasure. It's finding our greatest satisfaction, our greatest reason for living in him. It's being captivated, captivated by his beauty and his wonder. It's finding peace and fulfillment in God. It's a trade, yes, a major exchange. We trade our worries for faith. We trade our anxieties for hope, and we trade our discouragement for contentment. Now, there are some serious no's in God's world, but every one of them are for a purpose of more glory, more delight, and more joy. The minute you start thinking you're missing out, that you're listening to that lie of the enemy, then you're going to be tempted to compromise, and every time you compromise, you actually cut off some more of that delight. It's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? The life of delight is not about being the walking dead. It's not about being stuck. It's a very much alive relationship. It's a relationship that something like the sunrise, something like hearing a bird sing, seeing a dolphin, what delights your heart? I love waterfalls. It's like it's a personal gift from this God just for me. And I want to challenge you for a few weeks, maybe a lifetime. Ask God to make himself your greatest delight. What would it take? What would it take for your heart to be free enough to dance a little, get a little giddy, clap, laugh a little? purely out of gladness and gratitude. What if we look to God as our main source of pleasure instead of one of many? 
What if we stop trying to find joy, create joy, choose joy, and we just spent a little more time with the source of joy himself? Hallelujah. I don't think God wants to be just one more thing on our list. He wants to be the list. He wants to be everything, our one and only. So the Hebrew word for delight means the obvious, to rejoice, excuse me, to have satisfaction and to delight. But a second meaning is to be soft and pliable. Very interesting because, I don't know, if you think about something that you maybe tried to delight in in the world, they have a way of doing the same thing, trying to shape you into their mold, like, okay, you want to be a tremendous baseball player, okay, then do this, do this, do this, and then you'll fit in and you'll be whatever. I mean, I'm just giving an example. But what if we were going to be soft and pliable in God's hands and let him shape us according to his mold? I did a message years ago, and I called it God's (laughs) Play-Doh. I mean, at the time, what I did, I was trying to talk about prayer. And the amazing things that happened just being with God. And I, the Lord gave me this insight about atomic, um, you know, at the time. Well, we've always dealt with that, but it's not such a big deal anymore. This terrible fear that people had of a, an atomic bomb going off. And what happens when it goes off? Well, everything within miles is affected. The very cells of your body are affected. And the Lord showed me the same thing happens when we're in his holy presence. That our, the very cells of our body are affected. Our minds are, right? They're being transformed. Our wills, our personalities, our emotions, everything is being affected when we're in his presence. Hallelujah. And what happens? The more you spend time, the more we present ourselves as living sacrifices, ta-da! We get more delight and more pleasure and more joy. So here's another meaning of the word delight, and this is uh, right in Strong's Concordance. It means luxurious. Hmm. What do you think of when you hear that word luxurious? I see you got a big smile. Tell me what you're thinking. Okay, soft, fuzzy, comfortable. It, um, it has it has connotations of wealth, of uh, abundance. In fact, that's what De- Webster's defines luxurious as being characterized by great abundance. And isn't that what Jesus said, huh? John 10:10. 10, 10. The thief came for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, "I came that they might have life, and that they might have it more." abundantly, can we look at what it says in the Passion Bible? Because they add a kind of a nice phrase in there. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Now, how many of you have found that the goodness of God is way more than we even expected, right? Glory to God. And his love, oh my goodness. I must say, I knew that God loved me, and I, didn't, I wasn't ready for this overwhelming love all the time, every day, every minute of every day, in the middle of the night when you call on him. And how about peace? Oh my goodness. 
The world can't touch the peace that God has. The Apostle John had something to say in this area of luxurious. Um, let's look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. He's specifically talking to his friend. I, I looked it up how to pronounce it, but it doesn't make sense. So I don't know what you call him. Gaius or Gaius or Gaius. <laughs> all right, this is what he has to say. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, what is soul prosperity? The first time I heard that phrase was when we went to Mac Hammond's church in Minneapolis, and he talked about soul prosperity. I thought, what an awesome term. Because what is it? It's delighting yourself in the Lord, right? It's this measure of wholeness and fullness. And how do we get it? How do we get soul prosperity? We luxuriate in the presence. We luxuriate in the word. Hallelujah. We yield ourselves. We position ourselves and our hearts and our minds and even our bodies to take in as much of his glory and his grace as we possibly can. One of the commentators was explaining that this little phrase, maybe you can take us back to Psalm 37.4. The little phrase, delight yourself in the Lord, is what... They explain it. It's called a reflexive verb. What that simply means is that uh, it means you have to do it for yourself. Like if you see the word wash and it's in the reflexive form, that means you don't just stand there and say, okay, come on, somebody wash me, clean me. No, you do it yourself. You get the soap, you get the water, you wash yourself. If a word like search is in the reflexive form, it doesn't mean you just stand there and say, okay, Lord, download all this information. Come on, help me, help me. No, you do it yourself. You open the word of God or you, you search, you find, you look for the answers in any area, right? In school, it wouldn't pay for you to just say, okay, Mr. Professor, it's up to you. Teach me everything. We, we kind of have to do something, right? So we have to give God something to work with. We just have to do it. Let's ask God to make himself our greatest delight. But we have to give him time. We have to give him time. And I want to encourage you to give him a little more. The Lord's just really been talking to me. Come on, can you spend a little more time in the Bible? Can you pray a little longer? Can you pray in tongues a little longer? Can you praise me some more? And we're never going to regret, friends, more time. And more love towards the Lord. It's kind of like making the transition from junk food to nutritious food. Have you ever been there? It's like, but God, I just have to have this donut. I just have to. I have to have the whole plate of cookies. No, you don't. But Lord, I'd much rather have mm, whatever. I, I was maybe late 30s, early 40s when the Lord started to talk to me about all the bread I was eating. I used to love bread. I used to have four pieces of bread every day. And you're all looking at me, maybe you have four pieces of bread. Fine. But the Lord said to me, uh-uh, you do not need four pieces of bread a day. So, okay, and I was arguing with God, but Lord, I can't live. I can't live without my four pieces of bread. Whatever you argue with God about, I don't know. But... Once you start obeying and you make this change, like, 
Oh my goodness, I have more energy. Oh my goodness, the brain fog's gone. Oh my goodness, my body shape is different. Oh my goodness, I have more strength. I mean, you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not putting judgment or anything on anybody. I'm just saying it's like that transition. Or how about kids? All our kids over here. Do you remember when you learned how to read? It was so grueling, right? I have to learn every letter of the alphabet. I have to learn every sound of every letter. I got to learn all my grammar rules. How am I going to ever learn how to read? But then, when you can read, you enter this new world. And it's the same way with God. When we will put the time in and the effort to just spend more time with him, there's this new world we enter into. The kingdom, right? Of joy and peace and righteousness and fullness. Or just this afternoon, Lord, the Lord was telling me it's kind of like marriage. We got any married people in here? You know, at the beginning, you just can't get enough each other, with each, of each other. You just want to cuddle and be with each other and luxuriate in each other's presence. And, and then pretty soon, like, okay, well, I'm kind of busy. I got these kids, like, but what do you do? If you want the marriage to still have some fire, you have to schedule some time together, yes? Yes. And then, guess what? The delight is back. Yes. All right. Same way with God, friends. Yes, I know. We, some of us have been walking with the Lord for years. And we think, oh, I know everything in here. I've already prayed how many hours? Guys, don't give up. Just keep pressing in for more, pressing for more. No, okay, so I'm, thank you. I finally saw some smiles on your faces in the last couple minutes. But I'm guessing that there's still a few of you thinking to yourself, like, why are you talking about this boring subject when we already know everything you're telling us? Well, I have a couple questions for you. Now pay attention because this is the punchline of the whole message. Question number one, are you at this very moment in your life experiencing and dealing with any disappointment? Any disappointment at all in your family, in your marriage, in your children, in your job, in your checkbook? Any hurts, any regrets, any losses that you're not sure you can even make past? How about anxiety? Maybe, just maybe, somebody has just an itty-bitty bit of worry, panic, insecurity about the future, uncertainties. What about destructive patterns of thinking or behaving? Maybe a choice or choices that... Desires, you know, that are just... you know they're doing damage to your heart and to your life. If your answer to any of these is yes, then you probably need this message a little more desperately than you realize. Because, friends, only delight will displace disappointment. Only delight has the power to displace anxiety and insecurity. And only delighting in the Lord will enable you to triumph over destructive patterns and wrong choices.
So how does this work? Well, the psalmist has laid it out for us perfectly in Psalm 37. If we will delight ourselves in the Lord, if we will become putty in his hands, if we will yield to him in everything, if we will spend time in his presence, if we will luxuriate in his glory and in his love, if we will position our hearts to hear him and receive from him and become like him, then he will give us the desires of our heart. And I wonder, what is it that we think we need? What do you think has the capacity to truly fulfill you? I mean, for years, I know all of us, well, I shouldn't talk about you, I'll just have to talk about me. We get this thing in our head like, okay, if I, if I get married, that'll do it. Once I have children, that'll do it. My degree, once I get that degree, once my bank account is up to this amount, I mean, we have all these things that we're sure is going to give us that great sense of significance. And it does. I mean, there's a certain amount of adventure, and and God's growing us, and he's using us, right? But genuine joy and true significance is not connected to anything horizontal. It's purely vertical, friends. And if we want that, you know what that means? That means there's going to have to be a little disconnect from the world. I've decided to follow Jesus. That's what that means, following him. You want to receive the good things that God wants to give you? Well, it's set up right there in Psalm 37. Commit yourself to him. Trust in him. Find your extreme satisfaction in him. And when we delight ourselves in him, friends, he delights in you. Did you understand that? You are his biggest deal. If we can delight in him who really delights in us, then there's this marriage of glory and grace and goodness. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. There's this whole multitude of things that have disappointed us over the years. Well, maybe just me. No, every one of us have had disappointments because it takes us a while as human beings to figure out that's not going to do it. I probably have the best mate on the face of the earth, but you know what? He can't fulfill my every need. I have great kids, but they cannot fulfill my dreams. Our jobs, they can't give us that extreme sense of significance no matter what you're doing. Only one is worthy of our hope and our expectation, and that is Christ. Romans 5, 5. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Passion Bible puts it like this. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now, 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 we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Hallelujah. Stand with me, will you? Father, we want to thank you for the endless love of God in Christ. This love that cascades into our hearts every moment of every day and every night. And Lord, we are so grateful for you, and yet we have, we have to admit we have some gaps, Lord. 
There's places yet of loss and regret and disappointment, and we're needing you, Lord, to fill in the gaps with your glory. And we hand you our anxieties, Lord. We lay before you tonight our insecurities and our uncertainties about the future, and we truthfully yearn, Lord, for you to be the greatest delight, our greatest delight. We give you our thoughts, Lord. We give you our schedules. We give you our behavior patterns. We commit to you our thinking patterns, some of which need desperately to be changed and transformed. And we're asking, Jesus, that you would become our greatest delight, our extreme satisfaction. And we praise you right up front, Lord, for giving us our heart's desires, for so sanctifying our hearts with your word, so transforming us in your presence, Lord, that our desires have truly become yours. So say it with me, will you? I will. Delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me the desires of my heart. I will, I will delight. I will delight myself in the Lord, and he will give me the desires of my heart. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for what you're doing with this people. Glory to God. <clears throat> Listen, I'll be glad to share, pray with anybody who has something they, you want me to agree with. But otherwise, bless you and have a wonderful week. And pray every day. Ask him to make himself your greatest delight. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.